Welcome to the People Like Us podcast, brought to you by PlusOneCommunity.com. The podcast to get a little bit healthier, to have a little more fun for a little while longer. Now get ready to learn something with hosts Gerald Mays and Chef Roberta Higuera. Welcome back, everybody. This is the People Like Us podcast with me, Gerald Mays, and Chef Chef Roberto Higuera. Yeah, and we're back at it. So How you guys, been, man? I'm doing I'm great. I've been great. How about yourself? I'm doing pretty good. We've been working a lot, trying to get a lot done for the community. You know, what's been your favorite thing over the past week or so? <laughs> Cooking. Cooking. Experimenting. Experimenting. I mean, it's, it's fun, especially like given now the circumstances, you know, it's, it's fun to really get back in there, get back in the kitchen and kind of feel... Uh, you know, like I'm in the kitchen again. I, I just like feeling in there and like that little work environment almost. Yeah. I feel like I'm losing my touch. You seen earlier when I was like dying with those onions, you know, normally mm-hmm. I don't get affected too like that. I don't get affected by it too quick like that, but yeah, I'm out of practice, man. Yeah, man. You're uh, kind of, uh, you know, <laughs> being a little sensitive, sensitive, <laughs> crying in the kitchen. <laughs> Although a part of me, I think I could fix that, you know, my knife part a little dull, you know what I mean? It doesn't need to get a little sharpened, so. <laughs> Your tool is a little dusty. Your tool is a little dusty, I understand. You know? I'm, I'm glad that we're able to provide an, a space for you to, you know, hone those skills in. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? That's definitely appreciated. Heck, yeah. We've been having a good-ass time, though. Sorry yeah. to occur so soon into the podcast, <laughs> but we've made some pretty cool things, and, and not mo- I think the one big thing that I've noticed is that like I, I have so many food pictures on my phone mm. of stuff that you've actually made and stuff that I like, I now want you to make. Mm. You know what I mean? And I'm just like, wow. We're doing, a lot, of, we're doing a lot of stuff, man. Yeah, man. A lot of cooking. There's a lot of cooking going on. I think today and yesterday are my two favorite meals. <laughs> Poke bowls today. Which were delicious, by the way, guys. Very and delicious pasta salad an italian pasta salad mm. mozzarella cheese pepperoni we had red oh, onions in man. there bread bell peppers it cherry am- tomatoes it was amazing yes i, I absolutely love it <laughs> <laughs> i can't find out you, you you like the pasta salad right yeah i love the pasta salads pasta salads are always good yeah so you know um we wanted to talk about a couple things as it pertains to cooking you know i think there's a, a big component to health and wellness that literally falls on the shoulders of cooking. It doesn't matter if you know your macros. It doesn't matter if you know what you should or shouldn't eat. If you don't like to eat it, you won't stick to it. Mm. Period. You know what I mean? I'm here to fix that. There you go. So today I wanted to just kind of pick your brain about like flavor profiles and like how do you like, what are the components to making your food taste tasty? That's a really great question. Actually, my favorite question. <laughs> um, well, essentially, it all starts with, with your taste buds. You know, we have five taste buds, or at least five flavor profiles that our taste buds um, receive. And it is uh, salty, sweet, sour, bitter, and umami. Um I that's umami. umami. Yeah, actually, it's actually translation for uh, I believe it's yummy in Japanese is what it translates to. Gotcha. But um, so I mean they they're pretty straightforward. I mean salty obviously is your salt your salt receptor. Your sweet is your sweet. Your sour your sour. Your bitter your bitter. But umami actually umami is very difficult for a lot of people. Um, but I think what 
the Japanese really wanted to capture with that was kind of like the roundness of everything. Like kind of like how I described it to you earlier, you know, it's kind of like that person who likes to give those big, big group hugs. Mm-hmm. You know, think of Umami, that really big person, like bringing everybody in. Like Umami kind of brings that kind of roundness to everything, making sure that everything once they meet together, that they do that little finishing touch over the top to keep that that taste in your mouth where you're just like, dang, like that, mm, it's yummy. Like, I, I want more of it, I think gotcha. is kind of how I and describe it. And that's more of a pleasant taste to have in your mouth long term than like having like sour in the back of your mouth or exactly. salty in the back of your mouth or something like that for long term. It doesn't taste well over time. But you're saying that the umami flavor which is like a more like a succulent meaty. There you go. Meaty. meaty. That's what I was trying to think. Meaty. So you think about it like a meaty flavor. You know what I mean? So when I think of um, like if you think something very simple, um, you th- you take sweet, salty and umami, you know, salty and sweet enhance each other. Same thing. Salty and umami enhance each other. And a great example would that be you take a little bit of soy sauce, you have your umami component, you take something sweet, maybe a little bit of sugar or, or, or honey or whatever it is, and then maybe you take a piece of meat. Um, in this instance, we'll do a, a steak or something. Let's say we're going to do a stir fry. So I would take my soy, a little bit of sugar in there, and let the meat marinate in that because I know that the salt in there is going to be mar- it's going to enhance the sweetness. The sweetness is going to enhance the salt. The the sweetness is going to enhance the umami flavor. So overall, like once I bite into it, it's not going to be sweet. It's not going to be salty. You know, it's going to be delicious because they all, you know, they just enhance each other mm-hmm. and they all kind of cancel each other out. I want to say to a point where it's like, hmm, this tastes delicious you can't pinpoint one exact thing about it. And that's gotcha. what I think. You know what I mean? Like, that's what you want to create. You don't want to say like, oh, it's to this, it's to that. You want to be like, mm, delicious. So in your cooking, is that your goal? Is, is, are you striving to build that no matter what the in flavor profile is? You're still trying to create like a synergy of all of your taste buds together no matter what the flavor profile. Yeah, that's actually how I, I like to cook a lot. So like whether it be... Maybe I'm making a salsa, right? And I think it might, I already had added salt in the beginning or during the process, but I think I'm like, you know what? It needs a little more salt, but I also think it needs some umami, right? So then I would, instead of adding more salt, I'll add a little bit of soy sauce, right? You take a salsa, which is like tomatillos, onions, garlic, you know, cilantro, very, you know, Mexican inspired, you know, you, you wouldn't think to add soy sauce to it, but I'm adding soy sauce, not because I'm thinking like, you know, Asian and, and Mexican cuisines, you know, really fused together, which they do. But I'm thinking more of like, this is a very umami, it has a, a lot of umami uh, traits, and this is what my salsa needs. So I'm adding soy sauce, a little soy sauce to my to my uh, salsa to make sure it gets nice and round, you know, to give it that extra humph, that extra, mm, this is tasty. What I wonder what he put in it. This is delicious. Mm. It's that umami. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I feel like that with fish sauce. Like if you just uh-huh. taste fish sauce... It's like, I mean, you smell it. If you smell it, you're like, (laughs) yuck. But then when you add a little bit to that poke sauce, you're like, oh, wow, it really kind of like brings it all together. I can't taste the fish sauce, but I can definitely taste the difference after you added it to what I tasted prior to. So that's, that's, that's cool. I mean, I've learned so much about cooking in the past 
two months, two or three months. So much about cooking and, and some of the stuff like, you know, I'll uh, be honest here. I'm kind of using you to <laughs> make the things that I'm afraid to make. Okay, I and see I feel like I can I can just pitch it to you and you're like, oh, yeah, I can make that. And now I'm like, okay, I could probably make this too now. Mm-hmm. So like that poke thing has been on my mind for a year. I was just afraid because. Bless you. Thank you. I'm afraid to mess it up. Mm. You know. Well, I think that's that's the thing. Another thing about cooking too, though. Um, sorry to interrupt so so quick, but uh, being afraid of, of of cooking is actually the the you shouldn't be afraid. You know that mistakes are going to happen. I mean, I I still. Okay, you look at the show Top Chef, right? Um, they're very, I don't want to say amateur. A lot of them, you know, have spent a lot of time in their career, you know, have maybe a decade in there being, you know, executive chefs and stuff like that. But the majority of the time why they get kicked off is because something's bland. So mistakes are going to happen, period. But it's just no learning from those. You know what I mean? Like, you know that, like, oh, if I got to do this, I'm going to mess it up. So it doesn't matter, you know, do it anyway. Because within that moment of doing it, you realize, you know what, maybe... Adding, maybe adding, um, maybe cooking this first wasn't the greatest idea. You know, maybe I should, or maybe I should cook it a little longer. Or maybe I should add a little more salt next time. Like you, you start picking up on these little things. That's what makes you the great cook is learning from your very, very small mistakes. Because I believe at the end of the day, great cooking is just making sure you do all the little things great, plain and simple. And you season all. every. That's all. That's all. It's kind of all it is. But you know, sticking to the to my uh, flavor profile is like if you understand what triggers salt and how to balance it. If you understand what triggers sweetness and how to balance it, if you don't understand how to trigger sour and how to balance it, you know, bitter, how to balance it, umami, how to balance, uh, balance it as well and trigger it, you know, you, you can make amazing stuff without even needing a recipe. And I, I strongly believe like, even though say you don't want to be a cook, that's fine. You don't, you don't have to want to be a cook. You could just be a recipe, recipe follower for all I care. Right. But I think it's very important because come a time you're following a recipe, sometimes recipes are going to require a little bit of troubleshooting because my recipe, say, for instance, I give you a recipe where it requires some oven time. Right. In my oven, I know that my chicken breasts are going to cook for 15 minutes, but I don't know how long they're going to cook in your oven. Yeah. So recipes are just I, I consider them as guides. So understanding these flavors and what triggers what and what enhances what is is something that's definitely going to help you guide in those uh, fishy situations, you know, maybe something tastes a little burnt, maybe you added too much heat, you know, or maybe you added too much salt. Learning how to combat those little issues will definitely make you a lot better cook. And again, nice. very important. I like, it's funny about when you talk about recipes, like, cause we have hundreds of recipes on our site mm-hmm. and I've made a, I've made quite a few of them and they never actually turn out to what, is described in the recipe. Mm. Like I remember there's a recipe for a smoothie and the smoothie came out like juice, but the picture was so like thick and, and firm. And I was just like, what is going on? Same thing with a, a pancake protein pancake recipe. Mm-hmm. It just came out running. I think I actually sent you the picture of that when I made I, those I, banana pancakes. Yeah. I think you had actually uh, posted it or something. Yeah. And I had you're seen like, it. Just you, had a little element. It just yeah. had a little oats. Yeah. You like ground up some oats and added it and it'll, it'll thicken it up. And I'm like, oh, this is supposed to be protein pancakes and I'm supposed to add a bunch of carbs to it. Uh, so I'm like, how do I, you know, so mm. it's like, I understand exactly what you mean when you say like it's troubleshooting, like you're 
it's like a guide. Like this is the base. Like, and I look at it kind of like an exercise, right? I always talk about building the foundation. Like you got to have a foundation before you start learning how to do, you know, triple backflips. Exactly. You know, if you want to, if you want to do a triple backflip, you got to learn how to fucking tumble. Sorry. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? didn't even know that was the first step to backflip. <laughs> I don't even know it is either. I'm just saying oh, like, okay. some, it's a smaller step. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like no one is expecting to do a backflip on the exactly, first day. Exactly. Okay, no saying. one can do a, a, a sham God for all my basketball fans out there, which is a snatch crossover. If you don't know how to dribble with your right hand, something like that. You know what I mean? Cause I love blank face right uh, now. I know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Sure. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, yeah. Huh? <laughs> yeah. So like, those are the, those are the things that I'm talking about. Like, there's always a baseline to everything. Mm. You can't be the manager if you don't know how to work the register. Mm. You know what I mean? The key to being the manager is that you know how to do all of these jobs along the way so that when crisis comes, you're able to utilize all of these tools, right? Like the, the goal of plus one is to teach people all of these tools so that when they're you know, at their grandparents' house for two weeks in the wintertime for holidays, you know how to stay as healthy as possible without destroying your progress, right? Right. And and, and I think recipes are kind of like that. Would you say that learning how to follow a recipe and many recipes, learning how to build these flavors according to the recipes will actually aid you in the long run to cook better? Well, actually, what I would think would aid you in the long run as far as, you know, taking that approach, I would actually challenge, you know, any home cook to really look at a recipe and break it down into its basic five flavor components, the ones that I just described. If you can identify, you know, the salt component, if you can identify the sour component, the the sweet component, the bitter component and the umami component, then now you're starting to understand the formula of creating, you know, a great dish. It doesn't. There's no one specific formula, right? Because if you're trying to achieve something, you know, maybe, you know, um, Mediterranean dishes, you know, they, they do, they emphasize a little bit more on, on the sour notes, right? So they always finish everything with a little bit of fresh lemon juice and stuff like that. Other places, you know, they like their, their bitter, so they'll finish it with, with cocoa, like a lot of moles, especially in particular, you know, they're, without that bitter component in it, it's just not the same you know like you taste it it either comes out too sweet too salty too much of this like you need that bitter component so understanding like if you take these recipes and you break them down to their simple building blocks i think once you start developing that then at that point you can start adding substitutions you see what i mean so say okay this is a great example because i am not a fan of olives i despise olives and i love them and you know gerald the way he loves them he he loves them especially the little pasta salad we did but I think of that, that's like an umami component. So what's another umami component in there that I can replace that that is not going to lose that umaminess? So in that in that instance, I could have maybe substituted it for feta cheese, right? It sits in the brine, a nice salty brine. It still has that roundness from the dairy to kind of give you that little umami, that delicious. Uh, I could have substituted and there was some Parmesan cheese. You know what I mean? Maybe sprinkle a little bit of fish sauce. Like I understand other components of umami that I can make these substitution. And essentially that's, that's what making a recipe is. You know, you identify these components and, and you substitute them for, for what you like. No. So I, take I, that so, approach. So, so I guess the key is to knowing what 
what ingredient provides what mm-hmm. so that you can substitute as far as flavors because this is this is super new to me because I have no idea that you can substitute flavors. I I look I look at it from substituting macros, mm. right? So like taking out chicken for fish and then knowing the the ratios to do that. But when you say taking out something salty because you don't like or you're you're adding like for you you add a lot of this pepperoncini pickling juice. That's my sour component right there. Yeah, and that's your sour component mm-hmm. and vinegar. If mm-hmm. I don't like vinegar and I don't like sour or I don't like pepperoncinis, I could use green olives or I could use lemon. As I say, citrus, citrus, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So I think it would be a cool thing for us to make like a few charts on how to substitute flavor profiles. Like here is the sour component. These are the things that you can add. Here's a salt component. Here are the things you can add if you're trying to be mindful of your salt because you have high blood pressure or something like that then there's a there's still a way to add some salty flavors without adding salt to right mm-hmm. so like adding things like i don't know anchovies i was about to say that you add anchovies is, a, is an yeah, excellent one you know what I mean? soy sauce soy sauce fish you know, sauce fish fish sauce <laughs> you're like Ugh. yeah I'm like, i don't know about i would never just add fish sauce I'm telling you, make a difference. If you're, if you're, if you ever feel like something's missing, a little, a little fish shot. Well, it depends. I would say it depends for what you're making, but yeah, it's, it's missing <laughs> and some tacos, and I'm not gonna add fish sauce to it. I mean, I might add some fish sauce to the meat to finish it. You know what I mean? Give it a little extra voluptuous meaty taste. You know, it's <laughs> like, hmm, like he added some. Yeah, I don't know what mm, it is, but it's it's, like, it's good. It works. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think that'd be a cool thing to do. So be on the lookout for that. We'll we'll put some of that stuff together because I I'm, think those are ex- there's a huge come components to cooking because i think ultimately the goal in cooking is to get something tasty right at the end of the day the goal actually you know with cooking is to make sure that the relationship between you and food is is a very healthy one knowing you know what what you're getting ready to put into your body Mm. right you being very 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 mindful of that um i i love to take this approach every time i step into the kitchen you know thinking about (sighs) what am I going to put into my body? How can I make what I'm getting ready to put into my body delicious to where I enjoy and that I want to do this every day? Now, granted, of course, you know, we don't get the the privilege to cook every day. Everyone has different lifestyles, but, you know, you get me, you know, like stepping in there, like having that feeling of being able to transform your energy into some to tasty energy. Yeah, exactly. I think the cool thing about it, though, is that the more you know, and you say this all the time, the more you know, the better cook you can be. Like to to not have a plan for lunch, right? Mm-hmm. And you go in there and pull stuff out of my refrigerator <laughs> and yeah. you create something that I'm looking at you making it like, what the hell are you doing? Mm. I'm like, I'll, that one day I was, wasn't feeling too well. <laughs> and I'm like, I have to eat something. And I'm like, I, I'll go get like a burrito or something like that just to get something in my body. It's like, Roberto's burrito sounds pretty good, right? Yeah, now. it was like 4 o'clock and I hadn't eaten anything. I just wasn't feeling good. But I knew I needed to put something in my body and mm-hmm. I didn't want to go in there and cook. So you're like, forget that. I mean, I, I can like, make a burrito I'll, right I'll now. I'll make a burrito <laughs> way better than that. You start pulling stuff out of the cabinets, <laughs> chopping stuff up, adding your pickled pepperoncini juice to it. <laughs> So some pull some leftover beans, 
with turkey necks in them. Mm. Just scoop the beans around. That. You know what I mean? And then, and then voila. Here's your burrito, man. Here's your burrito. And I taste it, and I'm like, I would have never thought watching you make that that it would taste good. Mm. And that's that actually that that right there was, you know, was my favorite profile guide. I used that simple guide. You know, I kept those things in consideration for the favorite profiles. And I made I made sure that, uh, you know, that I enhance each and one of those one way or another to make sure that it balances out. And, and that's what that was. So I mean, tell it you, it's it, you it's it's a simple. It's so simple. I'm actually on the process. I want to create like a. You know, maybe like a little infographer or something to kind of really explain to give you a little general guide on how to build uh, recipes on your own or dishes that that you just you know just combining these flavors together you can create where you'd be like, oh, wow, I could never believe I can do this. It's just again, what Gerald said, it's all about just understanding the simple basic things that make you the be- the great cook. It's and we, not, and it's, we do have a a flavor cheat sheet on the website if you go to plus one community dot com backslash blogs. You'll see the 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 plus the the cheat sheet the five flavor cheats or whatever it is I forget the the name off the top yeah it's by actually the time, by the time people go see that we'll probably have already have it recorded on plus one shorts which is the audio oh, yeah that's right the audio blog version of all of our blogs so we understand that you don't always have time to read the blogs so you'll hear a voice like mine or Roberto's or maybe even Julia or somebody will read them to you yeah. on your drive to work. So make sure you subscribe to plus one shorts as well there. I posted three of them last night and they're only like five, five to five minutes. nine minutes long. I think yeah. the longest one was seven actually. So yeah. they're actually really, really short. But yeah, I'm actually, yeah, I want to create like an infograph. I kind of want to set it down, you know, set it up where, you know, I, I, I break it down for you guys. So you guys, you know, get the feel on, um, on, what to add, how much, I don't want to say how much to add because everyone has, you know, different tastes, right? At the end of the day, you're, you're building a formula for what's going to taste great for you. Figuring out if you like more sour notes, figure out if you like more sweetness, figure out if you like, you know, things a little more saltier, you know, um, stuff like that. Figuring out your taste is, I believe, most important before starting, you know, anything. Um, figuring out your taste now now i understand you know some of uh, uh of gerald's uh likes and whatnot too so i i make sure that i implement that into the cooking so that when we both eat it that we both enjoy um delicious meals that i make <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah i mean you you do i mean i have to give tip my hat off to you the meals that you make are freaking awesome i know my kids are loving it it's a little too zoomed in oh, okay yeah, my kids are loving it. Yeah, they're they're very lucky. Actually, I my kids can't say much about that. <laughs> they're actually your kids are very fortunate. Oh yeah, I know. <laughs> That's why I keep saying that you got to get these kids together so that yeah. they can enjoy these same things. But yeah, man, I I really appreciate you talking to us about food flavor profiles, how to build them. Like it's it's not like we didn't go into grave detail because I think some of that stuff is it's a personal thing, right? Right. Cooking is very, very personal, and what is tasty to you may not be tasty to me. Like, I love dill pickles. I hate dill pickles. And I love olives. I hate olives. And I love green olives stuffed with garlic. That's enough for me, dog. <laughs> That's enough. <laughs> <laughs> 
So yeah, so like we all have different flavor profiles and a lot of times these are just guides. So the mm-hmm. best thing that we can do is we can create these guides and maybe we'll add them to our templates in the members only so mm-hmm. our members can have access to some of these guides. I think it's amazing though. Thank you for for, for talking to us about flavors and profiles and, and rapid fire, right? Rapid fire. What are your three favorite combinations of flavors to put together no matter what? I uh, I always, 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 it's always it has to be something with sweet and spicy. I like the sweet and sour or sweet and salty. Those are my like three to go to. If I'm doing something, I work around that vicinity. You know what I mean? Like if I'm if I'm craving like a sweet and spicy one day, then I'll make that my base flavor profile and I'll build around that. If I'm looking to be craving more of a salty sweet, then I'll build around so, that. So give me what would be sweet and spicy? Like what would be the combination? Oh. Every so every time I make myself myself an omelet every morning, I uh, I like uh I like to take ketchup. I'll take maybe I'll give you guys a little quick recipe. I'll take a, maybe a tablespoon of ketchup to a tablespoon of sriracha. Oh yeah, that's my, that's my shit. Like that's a that's, that's a quick cool. sweet and spicy. That is my quick sweet and spicy. Mm. I, I love that. That's just that's my go-to. Instead of doing the, the full ketchup, I kind of reduce that you know by half and just any half of the ketchup and then have the sriracha and then you get that sweet spicy. Nice. I, lo- I that's love that. That's real quick. What about sweet and sour? Sweet and sour. I mean, it's just, just simple. I love me like a simple honey honey uh, lemon. Uh, honey, best and lemon. honey and lemon juice. It's like, like you do that for like vinaigrettes too. Yeah, that's that's actually the. I was gonna say that, that's my go-to with uh, um, that honey. That sorry, the sweet and sour is always in the vinaigrettes. Whenever making vinaigrettes, like that's kind of like my go-to thing. Or a lot of stir fries. I like stir fries. Kind of have like a little uh, a zap. I guess a little zing where you like kind of pucker up a little mm-hmm. bit. A little, yeah, I don't know how to explain, but you're just like, oh, <laughs> uh, I, I like that a lot. And then. Uh, the, the salty and sweet, I, I like to gear that more towards uh, when I'm making sweets, you know. I like to make sure that I always add some sort of salt. Again, you know, going back to the, the flavor profiles, I like to make sure that the sweetness gets enhanced. But my favorite would be, like, making caramel, salted caramel. Okay. That's just like... Uh, yeah. Oh. I don't like that. You don't like that? Mm-mm. I think that's, like, the best thing in the world. Like Salted caramel? Yeah. No, thank you. No? Mm-mm. Take some... Freshly caramel, and then uh, you get some some nice flaky sea salt over the top. No thanks. What? <laughs> ah. Why are you judging me right now? I'm not. Ju- I'm just. I can't believe you. Know <laughs> well, uh, everybody's different. I don't like it. I don't like dill dill pickles still. So <laughs> I guess it's. Fair. I like uh, whatever the flavor flavor profile would be for like a pumpkin spice latte. Hmm. Or like. A gingerbread mm. or carrot cake. So you like kind of like those fall spices. Yeah, I love that. Mm. That's actually really good. I stuff. love it. Yeah. Oh, and actually, you know what? That another great sweet and salty example is uh, teriyaki sauce. Actually, teriyaki oh, is yeah. really. I mean, you had teriyaki before. Yeah, absolutely. I love it's, it. it's basically that's you take something really salty. You take soy. You take maybe I think they use maybe oyster or yeah. honey or something. Whatever the variation of sweetness is, but those two reduce into this little stickery syrup is just like boom. I love I love teri- I, teriyaki madness. Hmm. I've never been. No? No. I mean I've had a teriyaki bowl, but I've never been to that one in particular. I guess I can't really use that because I like the the spicy chicken one. So Oh, I mean I, I think spice is it's not necessarily a flavor profile. Okay. But 
it's it's up there. You know what I mean? It's kind of like a bonus one that I would put up there because I I like to enhance a lot of my dishes too with 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 spice with some sort of heat. I think that's a very crucial part. So from a very like culinary perspective, mm-hmm. you know, like of a all one all be all, it's it's just salty, sweet, sour, bitter, umami. Mm-hmm. But if you talk to Chef Roberto and you ask him his opinion, he's gonna add spice, spicy into it. Yeah, and that's I I'm amazed at how much you can, like how flexible spice is. It is. I you know it's funny so, story time. <laughs> Actually, I I went to culinary. I was going. I attended culinary when I was attending culinary school. Um, I didn't know, obviously, I didn't know much about cooking. I just knew that I loved cooking, and I went to go get some sort of structure, you know, get my ducks in a row, I guess. I and uh, I had this thing about spice. I, I love spicy things. I just didn't know how to control it. It was always like it was either not enough or overwhelmingly. Yeah. There was never no gray area. And coming from a family where everybody loves it, like you never really get that feedback, that negative feedback. So <laughs> when I was in culinary school, uh, we had a, we were making, so I was in charge of making something for the team family meal. And I went ahead and added uh, uh, some cayenne pepper. It was actually mashed potatoes. I thought maybe, you know, a little, a little heat with the buttery and stuff like that. Cause it was a lot of butter. It was like that classic butter, mm-hmm. a little splash of milk and potatoes. Yeah. So I was like, it needs something, you know, so I'm gonna go ahead and add some cayenne pepper. I went ahead and added, I think almost a full tablespoon. Mm. That's a lot of cayenne pepper. It's spicy. So I went ahead and I thought it was I thought it was great. I was like, ooh, like I feel a little kick. It's gonna be good, man. The chef damn near almost kicked me out. <laughs> He's like, dude, this is way too spicy. Like almost everybody in the kitchen was like, like huffing and puffing, and they were dying. And it was uh, my first and final warning as to whenever I get to, if I ever wanted to decide to add anything spicy to it, I have to check in with the chef or my chef instructor before I can do that. Oh yeah, yeah, it was pretty funny. It was like first day I made something, and it was like banned. <laughs> whenever you're gonna add something, check in with me. I'm like, shoot. But that that moment right there, it was like, you know, there's there's balance to this. It's not just about. At least from a perspective of a chef from someone cooking for somebody else, you know, you got to mm-hmm. got to take into consideration everybody's palate. Yeah. So if you're cooking for somebody else, balance is key. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. And not trying to be too salty or too anything. You're just trying to get a nice a balance. Even. That was like, like it. You add like a little bit of red, uh, crushed red pe- pepper flakes. It's just enough, right? Like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like I, at first I was like, whoa, I like it. And I would have overdid it. Mm. Especially after the picture that I seen, I'd have just overdid it, and everybody been like, "What the heck?" <laughs> you know, the yeah. very first time I ever made my wife something to eat, I made "quote unquote" pepper steak, oh, which means delicious. Which means we had a little bit of steak with our pepper. <laughs> she was not a fan. She was not a fan. And even She's to the, I've made I've made so many great things. I like to call myself like a barbecue master. Or at least apprentice. That that you do know how to do. I see. I don't know how to barbecue. You know at what all. I mean. Yeah. But yet every time we talk about cooking food, she brings up the pepper steak. <laughs> I think it's trauma for her, man. It might be trauma. It might be like this whole like wife thing get back at you. Mm, maybe. You know, holding it over my head. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> but she brings it up every time. I, I, I obviously she doesn't. She didn't like it, and that that let me know that like. I grew up with my dad like over peppering and 
a lot of rosemary, like really bold flavors. Like I grew up like that. Mm. So like when I made pepper steak and I tasted it, like it didn't, it didn't affect me. But for her, she they didn't eat like that. You know what I mean? Mm. So when she tasted that, it was overwhelming. And I think some of that has to do with, you know, our palates are culture. Yeah. And they're built over time. I was watching mm-hmm. a YouTube video of this white guy and this Ethiopian guy doing the one chip challenge. Oh God. Is that the, the really spicy? Yeah. The uh, Ethiopian girl took the chip uh-huh. and was chilling. No way. The white guy was throwing up on TV, like live, live news TV. Wow. Yeah. And she was just like, and she said it, she said, I'm Ethiopian. I've been eating like this since I was a baby. Mm. She's like, my mom's breast milk is spicy. (laughs) (laughs) Eat so much pepper that your breast milk is spicy. And I was just like, wow. Like, it's funny that in the moment I I, I wasn't thinking that, but talking about it right now, you like, you understand that, you know, our palates mature over time. Yes. And they start to like evolve, dig in, change. And you would hope that they evolve, unless you're me. And I like just kind of like stick with what I know and what I like, and I don't try anything else. Mm. That's right. You 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 go for the things that you know. Exactly. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that either. I mean, I had this poke bowl today. Yeah, but you've had it before, though. I haven't had that, but I've had poke. Yeah. yeah. So like, you're familiar with what yeah. poke is. If I've never eaten raw tuna, you'd have been like, no. I'd have been like, nah. If it was salmon, I wouldn't do it. Really? Yeah. Because to me, you're like raw, a crossbreed of like raw salmon is like a booger. Textural and yes. flavor eater. Because yes. there's no normally you'll find those. You'll find someone who's just like a strict texture eater. Like flavors they don't mind, but it's just the texture of something. Yeah. And and for me it's like the thought of it. You know what I mean? Like my oldest daughter likes calamari. I won't I, eat I it. I love calamari. I won't eat it. Fried calamari? Or I won't la, eat it. La, la, la. For two reasons. A, I've seen what a squid look like. It doesn't look like it wants to be eaten. Second, second, uh-huh. when she bit into it and pulled it off, it was stringy. And I was like, mm, I don't want to eat that. That's funny. It's funny with calamari. You, you, there's only two cook times. You either cook it for one minute or cook it for one hour. Oh, yeah. That's it. <laughs> Why That's is it. that? I don't know. I was just always told that. Actually, my chef instructor told me that, that either calamari only gets to cook for one minute or it gets cooked for one hour. Mm-hmm. Anything in between, it's too tough. Anything over, um, it has to be like one minute. You're almost like kind of like just heating it up enough through, right? So like fried calamari. Is. Fried calamari is literally cooked within a minute mm. because you're kind of just warming it through. But I think once you get past that one hour, but I don't know if there's like a specific temperature or whatnot. I was just always told like it was kind of like one of those rules with food, like gotcha. food, you know, so many rules, like you can only, you can only do this with this or this or that, or the only way for it to taste good. So that's what it was like. Calamari <laughs> was either you cook it for one minute or you cook it for one hour. You know, what's funny. I think, I think there, there is so much of that in cooking and exercise. Yes. There's so much of like, <laughs> we do it because somebody told us exactly squatting. You squat ass to grass and your knees behind your toes. Mm. Why? Well, that's because they, they taught so. it to me like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? However, I have many, many clients that can't go ass to grass, and their femur bones are too long for their knees to go to stay behind their toes. So I yelled at them because they're not doing it properly. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But really, it's like 
we almost have to find what works for them. Like, what if someone likes calamari at 30 minutes? Then they freaking get to eat it. You know what I mean? Right. Like, why can't they? Like, what if a person can't go back in their squat as a quarter squat? You know what I mean? Which is like a 45-degree angle Mm -hmm. from hip to knee. It's still a squat. It's still a squat. For them. For them. Obviously, the goal is still to right. get them lower. Maybe not ass to grass. I think maybe this is the same concept with cooking, then. It I really is. Maybe. Like, f- maybe for them, it's good. But, like, if you want to, you know, we still want to make sure that we cook it correctly, I guess, or cook it where it needs to be at. And those Cause for, Because th- those are outliers. Right. Right. But for a majority of the people in the baseline, like, one minute or an hour, ass to grass needs to be high, unless you have, you know, long he- femur bones, and we uh, we set that according to you. Mm. You know what I mean? It's maybe something that we need to look into. Yeah. You know? It's funny It's funny you say that too because like going back to like, you know, because someone told me or so that's what someone said. My my grandma one time was telling me uh, we're we're actually taking one of our, our the roosters, the older roosters. It's already, he was already kind of on the way out and grandma's mm-hmm. like, all right, it's time to time to chop them up and put make, make chicken <laughs> chicken uh chicken soup so she went ahead and uh killed the rooster and uh she said that normally rooster meat is like very tough you know because they're like a little more active and stuff like that another way to tenderize it is when you're cooking it make sure you cook it with a fork like while the fork in, is in the in the water and i'm like <laughs> grandma these old folklores i i love you i love you so much i love you but what the f- are you talking? <laughs> what is a fork gonna do to the meat to tenderize it? Like it doesn't even make practical sense. It does not. But it was like that's what my great grandma. That's what my grandmother did. That's what my great grandmother did. You know. So it's it's those things. But I just exactly. It reminds me of a story I heard from, of all people, Joel Osteen. Who's Joel Osteen? He's like he's a mega pastor in Houston. Okay. And he has all of these like videos and stuff he's you know worth probably worth a billion dollars you know preaching the gospel Mm -hmm. and he had a story where he was watching his wife cook a ham right and every time she cooked ham she would cut the ends off of the ham so he asked her you know babe why do you cut the ends off the ham she says, you know, I don't know, but that's the way my mother always cooked it. And this is my mother's recipe. Mm-hmm. So she go, he goes to her mother and she says, you know, you know, mother-in-law, why, why do you cut the ends off the ham? And she says, well, this is my grandmother's recipe. And she always cuts the ends off the ham. This is what she does. And that's why we do it. So he goes to the grandma and he says, you know, grandma. You know, I, I noticed that my wife and my mother-in-law, they cut the ends off the ham to, you know, for your recipe for the ham. Why do you cut the ends off the ham? And she says, well, because my pot was too small. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually really funny. <laughs> so all this time she did it to accommodate for her. But there was never that but, communication. But, but the two generations after that have taken that and almost made more out of it than what it was originally mm. supposed to do. It was pretty funny to me. But it, it kind of makes sense, I think, with, you know, talking a little bit about exercise, like maybe that's how a lot of things always This is what we always do. Mm-hmm. This is how we always do it. And there aren't any new approaches. And when there is a new approach, then we laugh at it like the shake weight 
there's some science behind the shake weight. I'm sure it won't make you a really buff Asian guy, mm-hmm. which is what was on the commercial, but there's some science behind it. So I think sometimes we have to go back in and take a look at our quote unquote traditions mm-hmm. and why we do it that way. You know, why do you have to make, and I think I have to think of that when we're talking, when I, when I watch things like beat Bobby Flay oh. and I'm like, dude, you're not making falafel. Right. That's not a falafel. This Greek lady made falafel. You didn't make falafel. You made some roasted red pepper chick flea patties or something like that, but it's not falafel. <laughs> but who says it's not? Right. You know what I mean? Does who it have the components? Exactly. I, I think that's. If I put barbecue on a tortilla and call it a taco, is it still a taco? Yeah. Technically, yeah. Some people are like. Traditional Mexicans would be like, this isn't a taco. Yeah. But it's still a taco. But it's still a taco. Still so I think those are, the, uh, we have to approach those things in that manner. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? I mean, I, I believe you're absolutely right. That makes complete sense. I mean, it's all, it's all about, at the end of the day, it's all about you and your taste, right? Absolutely. It's and, all and about, about you. And we can end on that note. It's, it's all, all about, about you and your tastes. Yeah. So make sure you play with it, figure it out, find out what you like, what you don't like, and uh, work around that. That's what she said. <laughs> and on that... We're going to end this, and we thank you all for listening. Thank you, guys. Make sure you go to PlusOneCommunity.com to check out some of those blogs, especially Roberto's uh, Flavor Cheat Sheets. Um, Check those out, and we will see you next time. See ya. Thank you for listening to the People Like Us podcast, brought to you by PlusOneCommunity.com. We hope you learned something valuable to allow you to get a little bit healthier, have a little more fun for a little while longer. And if you did, be sure to share this with your friends, family, and colleagues. Also, make sure you subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you listen to so you don't miss an episode. And tell us what you think if you are inclined to do so. Thank you again. Take care and remember, if you are a person like us, we see you. Ciao.